This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. Um, with me this morning, it's Walter Rigobon with me this morning as usual, my co-host Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Have you surviving the ice age? Uh, yeah, minus 50 with the wind chill up in Nobleton, Ontario this morning. It was pretty cold. Sort of reminds me of the old days. Remember those old days in the 70s, Naz, when we couldn't, we didn't have a garage and we had to leave the car outside and uh, we didn't have fuel injection and uh, you'd never get a car started on a morning well, like this. Old Betsy started this morning. Old Betsy started. Yeah. The old expedition started. <laughs> the, the wonders of modern uh, modern uh, motor vehicle technology. And it was a pretty cold one, but it's a sunny day out there. And uh, we just want to welcome to uh, to uh, the Nazawali Sports Hour in studio this morning, Aubrey De Silva. Uh, Aubrey, uh, we're going to be talking to Aubrey about women's powerlifting, women's bodybuilding, uh, women's fitness, uh, a whole bunch of different things that uh, we're really looking forward to. And Aubrey, welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Thanks for joining us. And uh, uh, as usual, it's it's sunny out there this morning. Uh, it's been gloomy the last few Sundays, and uh, that's sort of a lead into our normal first topic of discussion, which uh, never changes on this show uh, during the during the winter months. The Nazawali Sports Hour, the Toronto. Maple Leafs, uh, an interesting announcement, uh, or I don't know if it was announced, but uh, the media was certainly talking about it uh, this week, is the apparent imminent breakup of this, uh, of this version of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, rumor has it that Brendan Shanahan has gone to the MLSE board and asked approval to the dismantling of this team. And uh, good thing or bad thing, Naz? Uh, not, I don't think he can dismantle the whole team. He can, he can do parts of it. But, you know, after li- watching that game last night, and I have been a true Blue Leaf fan all the way along. I, I watched the whole game last night, and they played pretty well, and they should have beat Montreal, but uh, Carey Price was fantastic in that. But here's the situation. They honestly, after watching them in the, in the private box last night in Montreal— I believe they honestly thought that they brought this coach in, Horacek, Tackleberry, Coach Tackleberry, I call him. Coach who? Coach Tackleberry, Coach Tax. Is, there's a story, is there a story behind this story? Well, Tackleberry You've is from... You've been reading uh, again, Ness? What's, <laughs> what's been going on this week? What'd tax you... is the old skate they used to use, so I call him Coach Tax. Okay. But now, uh, they're, in the, they're in the box, 
and uh, after every reaction, every possible goal, they're 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 cheering them on. Brendan Shanahan was sold a bill of goods by somebody in the organization that they could fire Carlisle, bring Horacek in, and turn this team completely around, playing a different style of hockey, and that they were going to make the playoffs. And it failed miserably. That's the way I see it. I honestly believe that, and I think it's crap that, that that's the case. You honestly, uh, I, know, I know you're honest, Naz. I won't, uh, we don't have to use that, that adjective. But do you believe that they, uh, they thought they were going to salvage the season they by thought, firing they, they, Carlisle? They honestly thought they were going to salvage the season. I'm telling you, that's exactly what's happened here. They honestly thought they were going to salvage the season. And Carlisle was 10 games over 500 at one point of the season. Oh, right? hold, hold on, Naz. Uh, you, uh, you've, have you become a Randy Carlisle no. defender in the I, last— uh, If you're going to Because I know, I know you've been a big critic of Randy, if, if and you wanted go, him fired. But so Wally, if why you have you changed your mind? If you're going to let go of a coach, yes. right, in midseason, make sure you have the proper replacement. Somebody in the, that's going to be there for three, four years, not an interim coach. If you're going to do that, let Carlisle finish his uh, tenure and then go through it at the end of the season. And and that's you know and you know that's the point we made back in um, I, I guess it was in early January it's the first week in January when they fired uh, when they fired Randy Carlyle and and we've said it on this show I don't know I don't know how many times and I know you you uh, you follow the Leafs blogs uh, uh, more than I do Naz and you're you you uh, you're more uh, on the pulse of what's happening in Leafland in terms of the opinions out there but uh, firing a coach. When you are in a playoff spot, we said it then, we said it now. It's the benefit of hindsight. It's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback a month and a half later. But we didn't, we're not just saying this now. We said it then. It was a mistake to fire Randy Carlyle at that point in time unless you were going to bring in um, what, I, what I would have considered a long-term coach for exactly, the Leafs. Exactly. They, you know, how, they, how the brain trust here would have thought – that you were going to turn around that team at that point in time by turning the team over to Peter Horacek. And you know what? I've got nothing personal against Peter Horacek. I mean, yeah, he's probably a nice guy. Nice guy and not, everything, uh, but he's not did, the coach not, have, did not have a history of coaching in the National Hockey League other than very brief stint with, with the Florida Panthers and, and, and a career assistant coach with the Nashville Predators. He was there, I can't remember, six or seven years, assistant coaching for Barry Trotz. In that time period, he never caught anybody's attention. Any general manager in the league didn't look at, at, at Horacek and said, I want this guy to be our coach. Wally, they bring in a guy like Kyle Dubas as, a, as an assistant general manager. He was a stick boy with the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. Oh, that's, you and know, he brings that, his be- analytics t- to the table. What the heck are they doing? Bring some hockey people in. Yeah, I, I mean, I... You know, they, they could have hired Scotty Bowman 10 years ago. He was on our show. They could have hired him, and he wanted the job. You think they hired him? No. No, we asked Scotty Bowman that they, question. They hire Shanahan, who has no experience whatsoever. Yeah. And, you know, I... It, <laughs> You know, watching their performance in the last month and a half and, and, and just listening that now they're prepared to break up the team. And, um, I mean, I mean, is, is this the lowest point? In fi- I mean, this, this, is getting, this is getting pretty pretty ugly, this train you take, wreck. You take a top-notch goal scorer who's been in the top ten in the NHL in the past five years, Phil Kessel, and you turn them into nothing. You're turning good hockey players into nothing. What's going on with these guys? 
And then they criticize Kessel and they criticize Fanuf. Like Fanuf has had his bad games, but boy, these kid, these guys are getting turned into something really bad, and they're going to be out of here, and they're going to get nothing for them. Anyways, we'll be talking more about this uh, on uh, in the rest of the show. The Leafs are obviously uh, get uh, get uh, your blood boiling a little bit, Naz, and uh, for, you know it's gotten me a little bit. Uh, I, I tend to be a little bit uh, more even keeled at times, I think. But uh, it's hard to be I'm even angry. keeled. You know what? I'm 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 upset, and I want to talk about that the rest of the show. And we'll be back with uh, with Aubrey De Silva. Aubrey, very very quickly. Are you a Leafs fan? Depends which way the wind's blowing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll leave we'll leave it at that. Anyways, before we go to break, I just want to announce uh, we have a fifty dollar gift certificate we want to give away to uh, to Pizzaville. It's a nice gift certificate, fifty dollars. Uh, we're going to give it away to the second caller. And I'll give out the numbers right now, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. I'll do that very quickly. It's a great gift certificate for Pizzaville, 416-360-0740, 4740. We'll be right back after the break with Aubrey De Silva. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville during our All About the Taste event. If you agree that Pizzaville's delicious margarita pizza is the best tasting margarita pizza you've ever had, go to pizzaville.ca and enter to win a trip to Italy's Amalfi Coast. If you don't think it's the best tasting margarita pizza, you can still enter to win a different trip. You can go to hell. Michigan. For details, go to pizzaville.ca. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Bond. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. 
It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour live from Liberty Village. We have, uh, we're going to have on the line shortly, we're planning on bringing him in at 9.30, Mike Pellick. You'll remember Mike Pellick, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf from the 1960s and 70s. He's been involved with the NHL alumni. Uh, we managed to get him on the line a little bit earlier. He's in transit this morning, so uh, Aubrey, we're going to have to bump you. To the, to the 9.30 segment, so I hope you don't mind. Not too much. <laughs> Not too much. Anyways, uh, you have uh, recollections of Mike Pellick and uh, Naz. Uh, earliest, he's been, uh, he's been uh, wearing the blue and white ever since we can remember. Yeah, Mike Pellick was uh, quite a defenseman, a veteran defenseman. Uh, he played in the 1978-79 semifinals where the, the Leafs went to the semis against uh, Montreal that year. They beat the Islanders. And also, uh, if, we're, if you're old enough and you're a Zoomer and you're old enough to remember, uh, also a member of one of the greatest junior hockey teams ever, the 66-67 Toronto Marlies that won the Memorial Cup. There were some great players on that team. Anyways, uh, without further ado, uh, uh, joining us on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour this morning, Mike Pellick. Good morning, Mike. We fi- morning, guys. How are yeah, you? You're too, you're too kind. Uh, we, yeah. finally, we finally got you in the show. We had a couple of technical glitches last week, and this morning we're having little problems with the phones as well. We had to juggle you a little bit, but uh, thanks for joining us. I understand that you are in transit uh, this morning, and uh, you've got something special coming up today. Tell us all about that. Yeah, well, uh, we're actually on a three-game tour. Uh, we played uh, last night in... Uh, Pembroke, uh, we're playing today in Arm Prior, and on Sunday or Monday, we're playing in Cornwall, all for uh, Special Olympics. Um, and uh, we've been doing this for a number of years, and uh, so we kind of travel around uh, Ontario, south, southwestern, southeastern, and eastern Ontario, and Metro Toronto, and. Uh, <clears throat> raise money for Special Olympics. Mike, when you tell us that it's we, we're obviously talking about the uh, former NHL players, NHL alumni. Tell us about some of the uh, players that are joining you on this uh, on this special tour. Well, on this trip, uh, we've got players like Billy Derlego, Rick Vive, Brian Muir, Dan Dau, Jack Valaketz, our celebrity uh, referee. Uh, he tries to look like Ian Poulter, but uh, he's not pulling <laughs> off too well, right? He's not that good a golfer yet. Um, so it's a, we have a pretty good lineup. Uh, Brad Marsh plays. Uh, tonight, Al Afraidy's going to play. Um, and uh, Laurie Boschman. So we kind of mix the lineup up from game to game. But uh, there's a core of you know five or six players that try to play every game. And then we try to fill in in the local neighborhoods where we go to play. 
Mike, uh, what was the best Leaf team you ever played on? Uh, the best Leaf team I, I played on, I think, was probably in, uh, I want to say, 76, 77. Uh, we beat the Islanders in seven games. And then we played uh, we played Montreal after that, and that was the team that only lost eight games during the year, and they beat us four straight. But uh, that was a very good team. Unfortunately, uh, uh, they decided uh, Roger Nielsen was the coach, and management decided that they were going to make a lot of changes for the next year because they thought that they were really close to the Stanley Cup. And I think we changed probably seven or eight players, maybe nine players uh, within a year. And uh, even though we played better the next year, um, really, I mean, it just wasn't the same team chemistry. But that's probably the best team we played. And we actually had a very good team in, uh, I was going to say, 70, 70, 71, or maybe 71, 72. And we had Bernie Perron and Jacques Bond were our goalies. That was the Rangers, then, right? You lost two yeah, in six games. Yeah, and then we lost to the Rangers, which uh, that was the very famous incident when uh, <laughs> Vic Hadfield or somebody from the Rangers threw Bernie Perron's mask up into the stands, and we never, ever got the mask back. And uh, we lost to the Rangers in six games. But uh, that was a team that was just starting to gel. And the next year the WHA came in, and you know we lost, I think, seven or eight plays to the WHA, and we're starting from scratch again. That seemed to be that seemed to really hurt the team when the WHA came around. I, I think you lost five, yeah, five, six, seven players of that yeah. off that seventy seventy one team, and that looked like a team that uh, had been rebuilt and looked really good with the young defense. And you were one of them. Yeah, well, well, <clears throat> I, I think that team had a lot of potential. Unfortunately, uh, Harold was uh, <laughs> playing the uh, the skin flint, and uh, you know we we lost players to the WHA. Some of them for not a lot of money. For you know, um, Bernie Perrault, for example, uh, left and went to uh, the team that never started, the Miami Screaming Eagles, for an extra five thousand dollars a year. I mean, and he was really the, you know, the the, the future for for the Leafs. He was a great team guy, great goalie, and uh, all of a sudden he's gone uh, for five grand. Miami Screaming Eagles never ever come to existence so he goes to the philadelphia firebirds the philadelphia firebirds then leave philly and move to vancouver uh bernie had a uh, no move clause in his contract immediately uh severed his contract and signed with uh, the flyers and you know what happened after that uh, you know he was uh, uh vesna trophy winner two years in a row and you know two stanley cups so pretty good player um, he was a very good player, and he was one of the, one of the, the best. guy that everybody wanted to play for. Yeah. Bernie Perrant, one of the best goalies of all time, and we had him, and we let him go. And that's yeah. uh, that sort of encapsulates in, in, in very quickly the uh, what's happened to the Toronto Maple Leafs in the last fifty years. Uh, Mike, I know that you've uh, I know that you've uh, been involved in the Toronto Maple Leaf alumni and the and the and, and the NHL alumni, of course. And you're a Toronto uh, Toronto boy. Uh, you you raised in the blue and white, the Marlies, the Leafs. And uh, you devoted your business career in the Toronto area, so, so you certainly understand Toronto Maple Leaf hockey probably as well as anybody. Um, we had we had we had a spirited debate just before we we had you on the air about uh, what's going on with the Leafs right now. 
Um, it, this is this is pretty bad, Mike. Um, <laughs> uh, any 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 thoughts at all on uh, what's gone wrong here and uh, why the why the trucks veered off the road? Well, uh, I guess there's a couple of thoughts. Um, I mean, in the last you know three, four, three or four years, there's been a lot of change. Um, some of it good, some of it not so good. Um, I think, um, you know, Brian Burke, um, I think Brian Burke was, was the right guy for the job. I think, uh, Ronnie Wilson, I think, unfortunately, there was a very close relationship between he and Brian there. And it seemed to me that, you know, Brian's proven formula when he was out west was to get a team that could skate, was big and burly and, and was built for the playoffs. Uh, it seemed to me that Ronnie Wilson's plan was to look for really skilled players, not necessarily big and tough along the boards, but uh, let's overpower them with skill. Um, I think to some degree Brian may have acquiesced to uh, Ronnie's thoughts, but in the end I think if Berkey had to do it all over again, he would have gone for the bigger, tougher team. And then, you know, you know, they get rid of Brian Burke and, you know, and, and Nonis is still there. And then, the, you know, all of a sudden Richard Petty and Tom Anselmi are gone. And, you know, Tom Mywicki comes in and they make a bunch of changes. You know, um, I think, you know, Berkey had to do it all over again. He never would have signed Dion to that long-term contract. But, you know, you know, everybody makes mistakes. I mean, if you don't do anything, you you don't make any mistakes, but uh, if you're going to do stuff, uh, you know, sometimes things don't work out. And then all of a sudden, now you've got four or five guys with big contracts and they're, you know, your top players and they're not producing. And, you know, your bottom six definitely have improved. Uh, I think your goaltending's improved, but, you know, you need your top six guys to be your leaders. And <clears throat> right now, they don't have that. They don't have that in the dressing room and they don't have that on the ice. Um, I mean, they're still losing games, but, you know, the last two games I've seen, they played very well. Um, they've just been on the short end of the stick. But, uh, you know, they're going to have to make changes. I think it's, you know, public knowledge, obviously, now that, uh, you know, they've decided that they're going to rebuild from the ground up. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, it looks like the cap is going to go down. So that's even going to put more pressure on them. So, you know, you're you're going to have to start looking for those diamonds in the rough that, uh, you know, that aren't your top draft choices. You know, that are, that are going to be in the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds, and and hopefully you can find some some players there, and and by trading or getting rid of some of your, you know, your top end players, uh, top salary guys, you create a little room in the in the uh, cap so that you can start building a better team, but. Uh, we're talking, Mike. Uh, we're talking to Mike Pellick, a former Leaf and uh, uh, currently with the NHL alumni. And Mike, you, you, that's that's a pretty good interview you did as to be the new general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Mike, we kind of we, we kind of like your game plan. Uh, go ahead, Nes. Mike, I, I I've looked at the team and I think they made the coaching change, thinking they were going to turn things around this year, um, and and thought they were playing the incorrect way. They're not playing the proper way. What's your opinion on that? Uh, well, um, I think it's, <laughs> you know, I think it's pretty difficult, you know, and I mean, I played with Randy Carlisle. Um, I think he's a very good coach, but how do you, 
leave a guy as head coach and get rid of his two assistants and bring and bring in and tell him here, here are your two new here are your two new assistants. Okay, uh, to me that's there's no fit for that. Um, I mean, obviously they've got some skill offensively, but um, <clears throat> you know, I I I really believe there's there's just not enough grit um, in, in the dressing room. I mean, there's grit on the third and fourth lines, but your top six players they don't have a lot of grit. And um, you know, I think to be a good team, um, you've got to have you know one or two guys in the dressing room that. You know, guys look up to, and you know, they have a leadership role. And from what I've seen, they just don't have that now, and they're going to have to find it somewhere. Um, I always thought that uh, <clears throat> when they made the deal for David Bowen, if he could have performed the way he had performed in Chicago before he got hurt, he was a kind of a natural born leader. He wasn't your best player, but. You know, he came to practice every day, and he worked his ass off. And you know what? He could step up and be on the second line. He could get you some goals. He could kill penalties. I mean, he'd stick his nose in everywhere. And unfortunately, he got hurt. <clears throat> and we never really got to see the, the real David Bolin that we should have saw. But, I mean, that's the kind of player that you need. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to be your best player, the one that paid the best. He needs to be somebody that, when he comes to practice or he comes to a game, you know he's going to give everything he got, and you know people rally around people like that. Mike, uh, we're talking to Mike Pellick, uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf, and uh, very involved with the uh, with the NHL alumni and, and uh, uh, donating uh, uh, quite a bit of his time uh, on on some things there. Mike, um, I want to ask you about the uh, you know concussions has been a huge buzzword in. Um, in sports, the NFL specifically, but also uh, reared itself in the NHL this week. Some some former players have uh, brought legal action against the NHL uh, with respect to uh, recovering some damages as a result of concussions mm-hmm. they may or may not have suffered. Uh, you're part of the NHL alumni. Is, uh, any thoughts on that? And is the is the alumni association uh, privy to that, or uh, supporting it, or taking a position on it? Uh, well, with respect to the NHL alumni, I mean, we're always there to support players that have issues. Um, that goes without question. I've been chairman of the board for uh, seven or eight years now, and, and um, you know, this concussion syndrome issue, is, it's not something new. Um, I think the big question is, and it, you know, has yet to be answered, is, is if the NHL was aware of issues with concussions and the lingering effects with concussions and <clears throat> was not um, or did not take the um, the approach that uh, everybody should be made aware of those issues, then, you know, there's an issue. But um, certainly I think that, um, you know, a lot of the evidence with regards to concussions was inconclusive even going back, you know, five, six, seven, or eight, nine years ago. And, and now all of a sudden, I think just because of, well, I think because of it's, it's got more, more press and more coverage, um, it's become a much bigger issue. And obviously, when you look at players that have played and the issues that they're having now, um, obviously it has been a problem in the past. And, 
I think that uh, you know the end. I think all professional leagues, uh, you know, have to stand, you know, stand back and say, okay, we need to reevaluate our policies, and we have need to protect our players as much as possible. But at the end of the day, guys, I mean, this is a contact sport, okay? And you know what? People are going to get hit, and you know, on rare occasions, they're gonna, you know, have a concussion. You know, they're going to get a concussion. Um, it's not like it's happening on in every game, okay, on every shift. But when it does happen, I think the appropriate measures have to be taken and, and the follow-up has to be done to make sure that uh, that player doesn't suffer long-term damage, okay, um, after after he's uh, finished his career. Mike, Mike, uh, Mike sorry, yeah, ahead, yeah, we have one final question, Mike. Sure. Um, you were, I think, 40 years uh, – you, you wish you were 40 years ahead of yourself because uh, a, lot of, a lot of the uh, Mimical guys seem to sign, have signed big contracts. <laughs> and you're a Mimical guy. I mean, we, I want to talk about one in particular. There was Shanahan. I've already uh, sure. had my piece with uh, Brendan Shanahan, Shanahan already. But David Clarkson, yep. um, I get the sense, and I'm, I've heard some things, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard some things out of the, the Leaf dressing room, around the Leaf dressing room, that Clarkson and Bolin last year tried to uh, tried to become leaders of the team. They're both mimical boys, and they yeah. were kind of pushed aside by other players on the team. Did you hear, had heard any of that? No, uh, never, never been aware of any of that at all. Anyways, we, uh, Mike, uh, we've run short of time. We'd love to have you, and we're certainly going to ask you back. Uh, we've got some interesting. I could talk to you guys for hours. I'm sure you could, <laughs> and we will. And we'll, okay. we certainly will have you back, Mike. We really appreciate this. Uh, have a have a fantastic time at the uh, at the, at the game today, and uh, give our best to all the alumni for doing the good works that they're doing, uh, helping helping out some community organizations. We've been Perfect. talking to Mike Pellick. Thanks again, Mike, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a good day. All, thanks, the, Mike. all the best. That, of course, was Mike Pellick, former Toronto Maple Leaf. And uh, we'll be taking our break, and we'll be ba- back right after our break with Aubrey De Silva talking about women's bodybuilding and women's heavy lifting and uh, a few other things. So we'll be right back. It was a rainy day when our All About the Taste event continued at Pizzaville. If you agree that Pizzaville's bacon cheeseburger pizza is the best tasting bacon cheeseburger pizza you've ever had? Go to pizzaville.ca and enter to win a ski trip to Alberta. If you don't think it's the best tasting bacon cheeseburger pizza, enter to win a different trip because you might feel more at home in Big Knob, Kentucky. For details, go to pizzaville.ca. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. 
Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. And I just want to uh, tell all our listeners, we're pleased to have on board with us this week our uh, new sponsor, Villanova College. Villanova College is providing superior education to a uh, co-educational institution in, uh, up in King on a beautiful site. Uh, if you're looking for a great education for your special child, please check them out. Villanova College, uh, gr- great to have you on board. We're also pleased to have on board with us in studio this morning, the lovely Aubrey De Silva. Can I say that without, without, without being feminist or patronizing? You get two comments. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Aubrey De Silva is with us this morning. We're going to talk a little bit about bodybuilding, a little bit about powerlifting, uh, which you are uh, um, involved in, and you're also, uh, when you find time to get away from your work as a mid-market corporate finance specialist with Scotiabank. Uh, I guess you're a Renaissance woman, Aubrey, so we're, we're happy to have you here. Tell us a little bit about your interest in women's bodybuilding in women's powerlifting and uh, how uh, how you pursue those interests. Yeah, so thanks for the question. So I started in this uh, when I was living with a partner and I took a look one day in the mirror, as women always do, and I just decided I had sort of had enough with how I looked. So I hired a trainer uh, who was a big fan of me and uh, we started training. Uh, he was a former bodybuilder himself and he thought I could go far. Uh, that's how I got into the discipline. I did my first show. Uh, Can I interrupt? Sure. Fascinating, but I'm just fascinated because a, a question just popped into my mind. Uh, how? First of all, I guess I've I got to be careful when I ask a woman how old she was at the time, but let's say you were in your early 20s. Is that fair enough? At I, that time? I was in my mid-20s. In your mid-20s. And you said you looked in the mirror and you didn't like 
the way you looked. What did, that, what did that mean? Well, you sort of, you know, growing up as a, as a female, sort of with media around there, you, you're constantly comparing yourself to pictures and magazines and, and stars out there. And you, you, you sort of take a look at yourself and you're like, well, why don't I look like that? So it's a body image thing. So it's a body image thing. So the body image thing, you took it to powerlifting and bodybuilding. Absolutely. Why? Uh, it's an empowering feeling, uh, and I'm sure a lot of listeners will agree with me, where you, you're able to pick up a weight or you're able to um, perform a lift. You do something you haven't done before, uh, and you notice the physical benefits. There's uh, obviously endorphins from exercising, uh, and there's also the attention you're getting from sort of a newer body. Athletics, athletic, Athletically speaking, what did you start off with in sports, and how did you, get, how did you progress into bodybuilding? <laughs> That's a great question. So a little thing about me, I like to go about everything around about way. Uh, I started uh, riding quite competitively. Uh, I was a hunter jumper training with uh, some former Olympians. I made it all the way to the national circuit and competed in a few international shows. And uh, that's sort of where my competitive streak started. I then transitioned into rugby uh, and played provincially where wow. I was a tight head prop. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And uh, so in your body... Uh Talk about powerlifting. Give us an idea of what uh, uh, what kind of uh, what kind of competitions you get yourself into, and what what you're lifting, and type of weights amounts, and uh, tell us all about that. Certainly. Well, uh, you know, there's sort of three disciplines I've looked at: uh, fitness competitions. Uh, sort of, you start uh, in that building a ideal physique, an ideal body, and you're judged on that stage. Powerlifting, you're measured across three lifts, uh, bench press, deadlift, and a squat. And then Olympic lifting, uh, which is a little bit wider known, uh, you know, obviously in the Olympics. Uh, there's two lifts, one called a clean and jerk, one called a snatch. And tell us what kind of, what kind of weights you, you would be lifting oh when you're... Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, prior to knee surgery, uh, I had a squat of 315, I had a deadlift of over 300 pounds, and I had a bench press of about 160 I've since had my knee and shoulder repaired, so uh, we'll have to. So see you got to be careful. Part. So now you so you went from uh, bodybuilding to weightlifting, correct? Correct. Okay, what made you go into the weightlifting side from the bodybuilding side? Well, I mean, I've always had sort of a, a quantitative background in the sense that I've loved being measured against something objective. So when you're standing on a stage and you've put nine months into training. Uh, you get frustrated when someone's opinion, they are having a bad day, they don't like the way you look, uh, too bad. Bodybuilding, uh, you know, it's not like weightlifting in the sense that weightlifting is you either lift the weight or you don't. It either goes up or it doesn't. You know, you either make the lift or you don't. Now, the steroid issue in bodybuilding, I may be wrong on this, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong. I will. I, I, okay. <laughs> um, steroids allowed in certain aspects of bodybuilding, or is that not true? Oh, no, that's very true. That there, is very there, true. Yeah, there's two, there's two streams. There's uh, the natural stream, which is governed against a set of regulations uh, made by WADA, which is the World Anti-Doping Agency. And uh, there's the non-natural stream, I guess you could put it. Well, uh, non-natural stream, explain that a bit. Non-natural stream would be, you know, without getting myself into too much trouble, it's sort of like the Olympia you would see, where mm -hmm. there's gentlemen and ladies of such large proportion that wouldn't naturally be achieved. So uh, where it's not regulated, it's, it's sort of an anything-goes field. 
Wow. I've, got to, I've got to say, Aubrey, uh, I, I can't say that I know too much about bodybuilding, so I'm, I'm open to being educated this morning. My, my, uh, my background in bodybuilding was probably uh, watching uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's original movie back in the, in the early 1970s. Now, when you're, when you're getting ready for a competition in bodybuilding or you're trying to, a woman is trying to bodybuild, what, what are you trying to accomplish? Is it different? Is women's bodybuilding different than men's bodybuilding? Absolutely. How's it different? Well, men are just men. You know, with uh, with sort of the last few years have come a few divisions that are more marketable. So men's used to be just based on weight class, and it would be as big as possible and as symmetrical as possible. Women's have a few different streams. Uh, we've got bikini, we've got fitness, we've got figure, and then we've got bodybuilding. So it's 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 pretty subjective based on where you want to want it to go in. You know, bikini is sort of what you would see on the street, all the way up to bodybuilding where women are very very muscular. There is one question from our listeners, and uh, there's a, there's bodybuilding. Is it a pageant? Uh, what's the difference? Like here here's the question, and I I'm afraid to ask it, but I'm going to ask it. One of our uh, our listeners asked about. It being a sport, and how can a sport be taken seriously when the girls are wearing or the women are wearing high heels? What's your response to that? Well, I'm going to defer to an official definition because I like to measure my opinions against something. Um, and a sport is basically a contest or a game in which people do certain physical things uh, according to a specific set of rules against each other. If heels are part of the presentation, heels are part of the presentation. The matter of the fact in the sport is that physical attractiveness and uh, the opinion of the entire package as being marketable and beautiful and presentable is part of the rules. That's yeah. part of the rules. Well, and fair enough. Uh, going back to the men's and women's bodybuilding, when, when a woman bodybuilder is trying to develop her body, is she doing it in a different – are you trying to develop different – highlight different areas of your body than a men's – than men are trying to highlight, or is it just basically it's the same thing? It's your quads, it's your glutes, it's whatever. Is it? Is there a philosophical difference? Um, there's a there's a difference in the way you train, and there's in a difference in the way you want to present yourself, especially based on what you're going into. You know, women like to develop the glutes. Uh, will, women like to develop the calves because you want sort of a more presentable leg. Uh, with any person, man or woman, you want to uh, develop the shoulders and the back to be as big in proportion to the waist, which would, should be small. You ideally want a V. People talk about the V taper. So is this what the judges are looking at? Like I've, n- I've never understood judging no, in, in bodybuilding. I, I mean, we, you see these pictures on the screen. These you know, guys are ripped. And, you know, obviously there's oil glistening off them. And same thing with women. And, you know, you know I've, seen, I've seen the pictures of you in competition. You know, I mean, you look great. Thank you. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, obviously you're working hard and you're trying to create a certain image. What are the judges looking for? What separates the first place winner from the fifth place winner? It's overall package. It's how lean are you? How developed are some muscles in comparison to another set of muscles? Like, do I have big shoulders and do I have no legs? Or do I have no glutes and I have big quads? Can you see my abs? Can you not? How do I look as an overall package? So they're going to take someone who's very comfortable on the stage. They're going to take uh, someone who looks overall more attractive. You know, I hate to say that, but that's how the sport is run. 
Uh, they're going to take someone who's more attractive. Can they see them on a magazine cover? And is there anything glaring that they're missing? So they go for an overall package. Do you think that um, bodybuilding is uh, – is there any corruption in, in, the, uh, in the competitions? Oh, 100 when, oh, Well, yeah. I'm not going to say 100%. Uh, don't mention any names. Don't mention any names. <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names. Don't mention any names. We don't want to get in trouble here. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, you know, judges are looking at a competitor's scorecard, and on that scorecard is their trainer. I would wow. compare this uh, next to not figure, figure skating. skating. Like, I'm, I'm not going to throw right. figure skating completely under the bus, but it's it's very similar. See, I, I see a difference between bodybuilding and weightlifting as a sport. I do believe, this is just my opinion, okay, that bodybuilding is not a sport, but weightlifting is because you are going for – you're getting a score in, in it because you're weight. You're lifting weight. You get the more you lift, obviously the you're going to win the contest or the the event. Where mm. bodybuilding is more judged, and figure skating is in the same boat with me. So I'm not saying bodybuilding just by itself. I find the judge sports for the most part. I don't find as a sport. What's your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I'm of similar opinions to you, right? I want to be able to go there and say, you know, I am better than you because I lifted three more kilograms than you. It's not I am better than you because so-and-so is having a bad day or someone likes the color of your suit. Uh, when I say suit, I mean uh, the bikinis that women would wear or the, the suits that men would wear. You know, I've always, I've always wanted to say, okay, well, you know, I weigh X amount and I'm going to have to lift X amount to win the competition and how am I going to get there? Now, weightlifting, we talked about steroids. Is weightlifting in, in that, is that judged, they, are they open to also with steroids or is that just the bodybuilding side? Because I just want to know the difference. Like bodybuilding seems to me like there's steroid use. It's open and weightlifting is not. Is that correct? Am I assuming that? Well, there can't, there can't be weightlifting in in uh, there can't be steroids in weightlifting because it's an Olympic sport competition. These people are tested all the time, I would presume. Oh, they're they're very strictly tested, and there's yeah. randomized testing, and it's against water rules, which is yeah. very very strict. Um, but I mean, you know, you're you're pushing your body in in any aspect, right? You're pushing your body with a, a specific amount of kilos, or you're pushing your body to achieve a certain look. Either way, there's going to be steroids. Aubrey, we're going we're gonna to take some calls. It's, it's at that time of the show where we take calls from listeners. And I just want to remind our listeners, our, our number is 416-360-0740, 740 uh, If you want to call in and ask Aubrey, you're more than welcome to. Anything about uh, anything we've been talking about? You want to talk about the Leafs? Because I know there's a lot of angry Leaf fans out there, Naz. We'll talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know you've got some strong opinions on the Toronto Maple Leafs, Aubrey. Maybe we'll uh, we'll, we'll She's we'll pursue pretty well-versed on it. She'd yeah. be pretty good. But once again, our phone numbers are 416-360-0740, 740 Give us a call. Tell us what's on your sports mind. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs are obviously a hot button this week as they're being broken up, according to MLSE. And, of course, we've got Aubrey De Silva. Aubrey, I do have to ask you, I'm curious about this, is uh, obviously you're trying to create a physique when you're bodybuilding and powerlifting. And, of course, exercise is a huge component of that. But I presume diet is a big component of that as well. So tell us how, how when you decided three, four years ago or whenever that you wanted to make an improvement in your 
the way you felt and the way you looked, what changes you made in your diet? So three, four years ago would put me younger than I am. So you get a point for that. <laughs> um, do you know, I, I, I'm very scientific in my approach. Uh, I focus on building blocks. I focus on where the food came from. Uh, you know, I focus on a lot of protein, a lot of good fats, uh, keep my hormones happy, take a good multivitamin and get a lot of sleep. Just keep stress out of it. You can build uh, your foundation or your sort of your subsequent diet from any good foundation. It has to involve great food, uh, watching what you eat. Uh, I followed a few approaches. I followed low carb. I followed paleo. Uh, I followed Atkins to a certain degree. I followed carb backloading. There's, there's a bunch of diets. You sort of have to try and figure out what's right for you. How many times a week do you work out? Probably five or six. Five or six? And, yeah. and how many hours? Uh, you go to the gym for how many hours? Uh, between an hour, an hour and a half. I try to keep my cortisol levels down. Uh, and cortisol levels, which is one of our stress hormones, rise uh, the longer we work out. Aubrey? Is yes. bodybuilding an addiction? It can be, for sure. That's what I've been told by a lot of people. It can it's be. It's an addiction. Absolutely. Well, wait, obviously you and I never got addicted here. No, it's definitely not me anyway. <laughs> well, I welcome to show you both. Oh, it's addiction for sure. You get addicted to the attention. Anyways, we've been taking calls on the Nazanoli Sports Hour. Uh, we have a call in from, uh, it's D General. D General, what's on your, what's on your mind this morning? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today? We're doing great. How are you? Good, good. Uh, this is an interesting little topic here. I, I, uh, I've never been uh, a fan of bodybuilding as a sport, more as a, um, I guess, a demonstration or a show or something that you can appreciate in terms of what the, uh, the people do in, uh, that, that look uh, or that do what they do uh, to look good. And I, uh, and I always appreciate the discipline that it takes for, for people to do that. Uh, I wish I had that discipline. I used to work out, but not as you know to to that extent. But uh, I was just going to say that maybe Audrey here she can help the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, <laughs> work on a little bit of their uh, physical fitness or uh, uh, their their regimen. Maybe they could uh, they could use a little bit of her uh, hard work. What, what, what do you think? Oh, I'd certainly have fun with Castle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I was thinking that you said it, so you know what? I think some of those guys could uh, could use a couple of hours or maybe a couple of uh, a weeks or maybe a few months in the gym. Uh, it would help their game. But uh, then again, you know what? We I, I just said that bodybuilding wasn't much of a, of a, of a sport or, or a game in my estimation. But then again, what the Leafs are playing right now could also be questioned as to whether they uh, – you know, there's, there's a couple of nets out there, and I don't know if they're finding the net and, uh, and, and doing what they're supposed to do anyway. So, But uh, keep up the good work, and uh, I, I appreciate uh, beautiful women and, uh, and, the, and the work that they do as well as uh, anybody else who spends that much time and uh, commitment to any, any type of uh, sport that they, uh, they participate in. Anyways, that's, uh, thanks for your call, D. General. We, uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, interesting comments uh, from you this no morning. Problem, guys, have a great day. You too. Um, are the uh, you? Uh, is it your sense that perhaps the Leafs need a little bit more physical fitness training, Aubrey? Uh, it took a. That's an entire other hour. Oh God. <laughs> Month, hour. Oh yeah, I mean conditioning's one of the backbones of any sport, right? You know, absolutely, especially in hockey. Certainly, strength. I mean, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that the Leafs uh, have uh, have uh, have strength conditioning coaches, and you know. We've talked about Phil Kessel's obviously taken uh, taken some heat about his physical condition, uh, but you know what? I watch him play. He always seems to be one of the fastest guys out there. So, uh, not so sure whether uh, whether he's he's above par, or below par, Naz. 
Well, I don't think his fitness level is the greatest, but he is a really good skater, so you can't really knock him for that. But his physical fitness level is not great. Yeah, I mean, he's he's very strong anaerobically. Aerobically, I, I'm not entirely sure. So, Anyways, give us a call at 416-360-0740, Topic of discussion, we're talking about Kyle Dubas and the Leafs and... Uh, We've uh, we've been on to this analytics. So where, where's uh, where's Josh? Is Josh around? Our our uh, our young guy. Get a, get him on the mic. We want to talk some analytics here in the in the last last few minutes. Uh, Josh, where where the Leafs are in the Leafs are in a in a huge slump. So we're talking to Josh Cooper, our young guy who knows who knows everything about analytics. Uh, not everything, but uh, not every, you know, interested in the topic a, a little more than you two. E- are, for e- sure. Educate <laughs> us, educate us, Zoomers. Uh, uh, we've lost, I don't know, an untold amount of games since uh, since January. And right. uh, what, uh, what what do the analytics look like from a Leaf perspective? Well, uh, I know I know what Nas thinks about analytics, but uh, so the stat that people pay attention to the most is called Corsi, which which measures shot attempts for. So it takes the percentage of shot attempts you get in a game. So it's like sh- shots on goal. But it includes block shots. Are they playing? Just tell me. Are are the are are the numbers better now under Horacek than they were under Carlisle? That's what I want to know. They are better, but better to an extent. And so, why aren't from, they winning games? From 29th in the league to 24th in the league. So it's not like they jumped up to being the best analytics team in the league. That's the problem. I thought they were going to get better. They just got a little bit better. They didn't get a lot better. Anyways, hold that thought. We've got Frank from Woodbridge on the line. Frank, what's on your mind this morning? Hi, how are you? We're Good. doing great. Uh, what? Uh, what's your question or your comment? I want to comment on Kessel. He's like, a, you know, in Africa, the cheetahs, they, uh, they, they run for 20 seconds and then they're out of breath. That's exactly how Kessel plays. So, he doesn't go in the corners. He doesn't do nothing. Okay. Well, you know what? Everybody's been a huge, uh, you know, a huge Phil Kessel uh, critic, and uh, Naz, you were defending him this morning, uh, saying why are why are we why have we taken someone who was their best player and turned him uh, and and, and got so negative about him all of a sudden? I'm going to give you an analogy. When Scotty Bowman was coaching Guy Lafleur, when Scotty Bowman was coaching Guy Lafleur, when he was coaching Guy Lafleur. Guy Lafleur played offense. I never saw Guy Lafleur digging in the corners or playing a physical game. He was a goal scorer. He was a natural goal scorer and a really good skater. And, you know, I heard Guy Lafleur smoke two, three packs of cigarettes a day back in in those times. And I know times have changed. But Scotty Bowman, the best coach ever in any sport— wouldn't have put the uh, rain, pulled the reins on Gila yeah. Fleur. and you know, and we've made this point before, and I'm going to make it again. Okay, he's he's your eight million dollar player. Um, some reason, everybody wants to criticize him in this city. He's an absolute world class talent. He gets criticized for not back checking. I guess he gets criticized for not working hard enough, or maybe his attitude is wrong. Uh, but. You know what? He's he's aside from the last little patch, uh, he's had some of the best statistics in the league over the last five years. Uh, he's he's an offensive dynamo, and you know I really, to, quite frankly, I could care less whether he back checks or not. What what concerns me is he's in a slump. He's not putting the puck in the net. That's what you're paying him for. I'm going to give you an example, and quickly. I know time time is running out. If the Montreal Canadiens didn't have Carey Price. Because I don't think their Corsi numbers are very good either, Josh. 
Correct. If they didn't, if they didn't have Carey Price, they'd be a bottom team. Agreed. 100%. And that's the main thing about analytics that doesn't come into effect is the goalie is the most important thing on the team. You, yeah, the old expression is, show me a good goalie, and I'll show you a good coach. Agreed. Absolutely, Naz. We, uh, we're going to end off the show agreeing with each other. Goalies can uh, make uh, lousy coaches into great coaches and great coaches into lousy coaches, depending on how the goalie's playing. And anyways, I want to thank you, Aubrey, for joining us this morning Thanks and educating us about the, uh, the world of bodybuilding, the world of powerlifting, and sharing with us your fitness, uh, your fitness ideas and uh, what you've been doing. It's been, uh, it's been great, and we really appreciate you coming in. Thanks My so pleasure. much. And uh, Hope we have to hope we get you back at some point sometime. We'd love to. Anyways, you've been listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village. We'll be back again next Sunday morning at nine AM. Have a great week and stay warm. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.